McLeod shoots. Not down. A rebound. Score! Chandler Stevenson. Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one. So we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson dancing out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcheseau. What a goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting set for the marquee game coming out of the National Hockey League's All-Star break. It might be the most anticipated game of the year around these parts with the Vegas Golden Knights hosting the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, These teams meeting at T-Mobile Arena for the first time since last year's second round Stanley Cup playoff series. And on the line tonight, the Edmonton Oilers uh, chasing National Hockey League history. They can equal the longest winning streak in the NHL ever uh, tonight with their 17th win the Vegas Golden Knights so would love to be able to say they stopped that but also uh, put a little bit more of a cushion between themselves and the Oilers uh, as the two versus three matchup in the Pacific Division takes place tonight on an eight game schedule in the National Hockey League as things are around back into form uh, in the National Hockey League. Darren Millard in Studio 31 got a TV pregame show for you coming up uh, at 6.30 on Vegas 34 and nighttime Plus, and uh, at uh, T-Mobile Arena at the Fortress, uh, looking ahead to this one with his own pregame show uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas from 6 to 7 is Ryan Wallace. Uh, What are you most looking forward to tonight? What, on first blush, if you can step back and say this, this, and this uh, stands out tonight uh, between the Oilers and the Golden Knights, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think for, for starters, I, I want to see where the intensity is tonight. As we've talked about, there's been you know a couple of opportunities. This will be the second opportunity for these two teams to play since the playoffs, and it was an incredibly intense series. I don't think in the regular season we're going to get anywhere close to what we saw in, in the postseason, but I'm looking forward to where the intensity level is for, for both hockey clubs. I'm looking forward to seeing the Edmonton Oilers and, and how they defend it with my own eyes, right? Like you talked about their ability to kind of sh- shut down rush opportunities and, and being a bit smarter in terms of how they're pinching uh, in you know the offensive zone. I- I'm curious to see if that's an area of the game where the Golden Knights now uh, having a, uh, could exploit that in Edmonton. And I'm curious to see like what happens over the course of 60 minutes if you know one team's able to 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 really impose their will early. If you have kind of a back and forth affair, like I'm expecting it to be, um, I, I'm excited for all the aspects of it. But more than anything, I want to see where the intensity level is between these two hockey clubs because I really do look at this as potentially a, a phenomenal rivalry, not just for Vegas and Edmonton, but for the the National Hockey League as a whole. Chapman, let's bring you in here. I know uh, we usually save you for the very end to give you your own stage, but uh, speaking for the fan, uh, what uh, stands out tonight as these two great teams with some playoff history under their belt get ready to go with something at stake from the Oilers tonight? Well, I, I, I think that Edmonton has probably replaced San Jose as the team that fans dislike the most. <laughs> Um, I think Connor McDavid is probably public enemy number one. I'd, I'd the... argue it's Dreisaitl, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I could see that too. Yeah, I, Ryan, I, I'm with Ryan on that one. Yeah, it's Dreisaitl. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're probably. You Why know. are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? <laughs> Why are you so pissy? 
Well, he was the target of Alex Petrangelo's yeah. Yeah. slash. So, well, and and the thing is, he was he was pretty much completely out of the, out of the series once yeah. William Carlson decided. Remember, he there's was going Evander to. Kane also plays for the Oilers. Yeah, but Evander <laughs> Kane was. I mean, he chirps, but he didn't really beat the Golden Knights the way he had in the past when he was with the Sharks on the ice. Um, you know, he there's really nothing memorable about that series for Evander Kane other than him running his mouth. So, I. I I I don't really feel like like he's he's there like he's just not the same player he was a couple of years ago, but yeah it's it's obviously Drysaddle or, or McDavid and I, and I think Ryan's probably right it probably is Drysaddle but I digress. It's it's an exciting game first game back from the All Star break. Um, we have an opportunity to maybe witness a piece of history tonight. Um, of course, I think fans are probably hoping that they don't get to see that history. It's always a weird thing, right? Like, do you want to see the history or do you not want to see the history? I think as a fan of the Golden Knights, you don't want to see it. But as a fan of the sport, it'd be kind of cool to say, hey, I was at the game. Like, it's just kind of a cool thing. And and obviously, they wouldn't be making their own history. That would be... Well, you've seen something if you stop the streak, right? Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think... But this is a team that, that the Golden Knights will, I I would imagine, at some point... If they want to defend their Stanley Cup, we'll have to go through in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we get a little bit of a preview of what we we could see um, down the road. I just wish Vegas was fully healthy. Like I wish we had a full a fully healthy Jack Eichel and and Shea Theodore because I think we'd get a better gauge of what these two teams are going forward. But look, you can't. You, Guys are injured. It's part of the game. So Vegas is going to go out there and they're going to play their best game with what they've got. And I think I think what they've got is good enough to hang with the Edmonton Oilers and maybe beat them tonight. What's a bigger change for the Oilers, Ryan? Is it the fact that they've been able to figure out a way to keep the puck out of their net? Mm-hmm. Or is the major advantage and what's fueling this turnaround the idea that Chris Knobloch has found a way to separate Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and still get production throughout his lineup. He hasn't been forced to put them back together. Uh, they, McDavid, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins have played 200 more minutes together mm-hmm. than McDavid and Dreisaitl have this year. That's significant yeah. time apart. Uh, he's, he's not uh, against jumping them back together if need be, but they they have to go down a couple of different checks before uh, Drysaddle and McDavid are skating five-on-five five together. Yeah, I mean, on first blush, it, it's the fact that they are able to defend better and they're keeping the puck out of their own net, but I think more than anything, if the Edmonton Oilers want to win a Stanley Cup, I think they have to do it with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle playing away from each other more so than playing with each other. So, uh, to me, the, the biggest departure, I think, is the fact that you are getting production and enough production with those two guys not necessarily yeah. playing a ton of minutes together. I, I, that's kind of been the, 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 the big mystery for Edmonton. How do you maximize both McDavid and Dreisaitl away from each other, understanding that that turns you into an absolute monster uh, to match up against? So more than anything, yeah, the ability to, to keep the puck out of the net, that's great. But getting production without having to play McDavid and Drysaddle together, that's the big story for me. And that's been the 
emergence of like a Warren Fogel who's mm-hmm. playing with uh, Leon Dreisaitl right now. He's knocking on the door uh, of a career year. He's got double digits in goals. Evander Kane uh, has, whether you like him or not, as, as, a, as a person, as a player, he's certainly uh, been able to put up some numbers uh, skating with Leon Dreisaitl. And then down the lineup uh, with different players, we're also going to see Corey Perry. Remember that. <laughs> uh, Corey Perry uh, has, has joined this team, and you're going to see a lot of him down the stretch this uh, this time uh, of the year where he's going to play a part. So don't uh, don't look uh, away uh, when things are happening in front of the net. Uh, normally it's Evander Kane will be right in the middle of that. Uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with Corey Perry coming out of the gate. Uh, uh, this is, uh, again, a very different look than the Edmonton Oilers that the Vegas Golden Knights beat in last year's second round. Mm-hmm. I think that they had to make some changes. Uh, they responded to that. I didn't expect the coaching change to be one of those things, but that was uh, spearheaded because of the terrible start. Uh, they are healthier right now, and they've adjusted their lineup and are able to keep the puck out of the net. Now, they are going to go against the Santa Cup champions, and as much as uh, we talk about the Oilers winning the 16 games in a row and chasing National Hockey League history uh, for them, the Stanley Cup champions, to have have this streak on the line and be able to tie NHL history against the Stanley Cup champions is a significant moment for them. So I think that there's there's a little bit that both teams can take from this game to get you motivated and get you hyped up uh, for this game. But uh, I just I, I think that the intensity will be there because of the record. The intensity will be accelerated because of the stage with this city buzzing and the whole world is watching uh, tonight, uh, uh, whether you're just on TV or whether uh, there's so many different uh, elements uh, in the building and people know about that. Uh, they're aware of, of, of who's in and around. And then you've got the record uh, part of it as well. It, it should lead to a, a more fueled environment tonight on the ice uh, with uh, with a, a little bit more intensity than we saw the first time around. A lot of goals the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, with Corey Perry's added into it, and uh, <laughs> we know that Evander Kane doesn't have to be dragged into the fight. Uh, yeah. I, I think that this is going to be uh, a, a moment. I can't uh, think, like, Brennan Brisson is going to have. This might be Brennan Brisson's welcome to the NHL moment tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. where where he just sits there, or, or uh, uh, Caden Corbett's welcome to the NHL moment. I know he's played uh, a lot this year and uh, is on a career run uh, for, for games played. Uh, the, the, there's a couple of guys on the Vegas side that uh, that are going to experience something that the, and an environment that they've, they've never been in and around uh, before. So I think that's pretty cool on the horizon as well. And, you know, your point about Corey Perry is, is an interesting one because you want to talk about a guy – that can single-handedly move a rivalry forward, it's Corey Perry, right? Like, we we know what he's capable of. So the fact that you get now Corey Perry kind of inserted into this matchup between the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers, I think only good can come from that. Well, his nickname's Worm, right? Yeah, 100%. That's all you need to know. And uh, I like Corey. I, uh, I, I've been around Corey since he played junior hockey and uh, and I've always been uh, a fan of what he's been able to do and uh, and his ability to get to the front of the net and just be uh, – 
to call him an agitator uh, mm-hmm. is is not right uh, because <laughs> he's a former MVP. Well, it's and, a part and, of his game, and, and and has been able to take a skill level and uh, and and raise it and and be one of the best players in the National Hockey League. So he's much more uh, than just a guy to get under your skin. But mm-hmm. at his age, uh, he does lean into that a little bit, and uh, he made his Edmonton Oilers debut right before the break. Uh, but this is one of those games where you go, okay, why do you bring in Corey Perry? Yeah. Situation A, Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Cup champion, rival. Uh, so how much uh, of a focus does he play tonight? Edmonton uh, was was trying to play that role to a certain point last year in the playoffs, and Vegas was really good uh, outside of the slash uh, of, of being able to turn <laughs> uh, the other cheek. Uh, Edmonton certainly did that uh, uh, beyond uh, uh, any expectations that uh, that you would have for a human being against the, the Florida Panthers, who tried uh, at their uh, mightiest to, to uh get mm-hmm. Vegas off their game. They've been able to do that. Uh, what uh, what holds in store tonight where it's game 51 of 82? Uh, does it turn into something a little different or is it uh, more of a, of a pure hockey game tonight between two of the best in the uh, National Hockey League's regular season? Now here's what the head coach has to say as we bring in Bruce Cassidy who held his media availability earlier today discussing uh, this lineup that he's going to to author up uh, tonight uh, against the Edmonton Oilers and the game against a Oilers team that has won 16 in a row. With, we, we saw Chris Song staying on the fourth line. Colasar, do you ask anything differently out of him in that spot and the spots he's played in, which are obviously a little different lines? No, that's just this morning. We're, we've got a different animal in our building tonight with um, Dreisaitl and McDavid as our Two guys that can roll over the boards in the middle of the ice or together. So I think putting Ronberg with Carlson, if we're going to use him, Carly, in a checking matchup, is a better fit for Ronnie than it is for Brisson. It's that simple. He's uh, played in the league longer. Ronnie, it's his strength is kind of checking, penalty killing. Um, so that is the idea behind that, and that just pushes Briss down uh, with Howie and Colasar. Briss needs to build his game here. Um, I've said it many times, the young guys that are going to play here are going to be good two-way players, and we're going to help them become two-way players, and then they're going to bring whatever strength of their game is. For him, it happens to be he's a goal scorer. He's good on the power play, so he gets some opportunities there. Uh, as a goal scorer, it's tougher to score on a, maybe a checking line than up with, we know that. So he's, he's played with both. We had him with Jack in training camp. We try to get a feel for how that would go. So, <clears throat> But at the end of the day, when he's on the ice, he still has to – be good on the walls, be reliable, play his position well. And when the puck does find him, hopefully he can do some good things with it. Um, you know, like what he typically can. And it may not find him as much with certain lines, but we'll see. It's been a short sample size. And so that's the thinking behind it. Um, if we get behind him, we may mix it up, put him with Carly, because Carly can do both, right? He can check as well as anybody. And he's still, a, what, a point of game for, like he's a very good offensive player. So we're going to use him as the game goes, dictates tonight. I think when we get to Arizona, we'll kind of reset and see. Uh, no disrespect to them, but Dry and McDavid are unique, so we're going to coach a little differently. <clears throat> well, a lot, because if they want to get away from it, it's tougher for us to. I don't like to chase matchups. You can do it on the back end a little bit easier up front. 
It just allows them too much easy ice, I think, if you're going to chase it. You can certainly try to find ways to get it. Um, but at the end of the day at home, you know, you can usually, well, the face-off, it's easy. I mean, unless you're asleep, you can see them come out there. And on the fly, usually you have assistant coaches can look at each bench, see who's coming over. So there's little games within the games. But I don't think they're going to be worried about it, to be honest, in, in a game in February about toggling guys back and forth. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Maybe... Like I said, from a face-off and an icing, they want to get away from a matchup. It's easy to do. There's always ways, but it's hard to get away from a matchup on the fly sometimes without disrupting your bench. But again, coaches are different and they'll do what they have to do. And um, But we won't chase it because we feel that Nick Wazline's played really well. Howie's a good defensive center and so is Stevie. But Carly and Jack played very well against him last year in the playoffs and so did Teddy Bluger. But Teddy's not here, so that's a problem uh, if we want to use him. Um, so we know that we've had some guys that made it harder on him. He's still going to get the puck and make plays, but if we can make him really work for his ice, it, I think it uh, works to our advantage. Uh, crisp, um, execute well, get to your game quickly. Uh, coming out of a break, that's sometimes an issue. Uh, getting them, you know, back into to live action, the physicality part of it. So uh, I'd like to see us be on our toes right away because I think both teams will go through those challenges. And if you can get the advantage early, I think it can help you. Them playing the same style of defense you guys play, is that helpful, easier for you to say, look, we know what we're doing? Well, I, listen, I, I'm guessing, like I'm watching them a little bit, it seems. So I would say there's some similarities, whether it's exactly the same. Um, but yes, because we know what works against us or where we can have some issues uh, closing or... Um, allowing a little more time in our end. I've talked about that a lot. There's certain areas you, you want to protect, so you're going to give up the outside. So, yes, it, it should help us a little bit. But uh, there's other teams in the league that play similar to us too, like the box and one or whatever you want to call it, five and the dice. We don't really call it that. But at the end of the day, where you can use the half walls um, to buy some time till they recover there. Uh, back of the net if D are handing off. So we, we know some certain areas you might be able to get, like I said, an extra second or two, and hopefully we're able to exploit those. I know you have an appreciation for Carlson Briggs and Luke Bruce when he's in the lineup. Does it jump out even more when you don't have to Well, when you lose him and Jack, you lose a lot of speed out of the middle, right? So it affects a, your, your, well, your face-off circle, but, I mean, other guys can go in and, and make up for some of that. But your speed coming out of your end, right? If you If you're... Winning a, a, a board battle and they got they they support the puck so well and they've got a lot of pace. So you, once they get the puck on their stick, they're dangerous. They're probably getting through the neutral zone just because of their speed. It's like when McDavid gets it in the right spot. It's like okay, uh, you know we'll see in three seconds at the other end because it's a pretty hard guy to stop unless you're right above them. So they they have those qualities. Um, so you, you're getting entries, right? Uh, five on five entries, and from there. It's always easier to, to score goals usually if you're getting entries. Um, you can certainly do it on the forecheck, but it's a little bit easier when you have the puck. You have opportunities to score more off the rush. So those are some areas we miss them, and obviously in the checking game, right? Power play, he was doing a good job net front. PK with Jack, he was doing – they were a threat to score every time they're on the ice. So got a, a lot of different areas where, you know, we missed them. But um, it's up to someone else to, get you know, step up and get the job done. We just had to win in different ways when you lose some of your key people. And we were able to do that at the end of January. We got, got it going in the right direction. That's what we want to keep doing. 
having him back is also great. Uh, you've got uh, on the penalty kill, Nick Waz done a really nice job stepping in there uh, without uh, Jack Eichel being available. And uh, if he plays with William Carlson, you've got left shot, right shot. That helps you out on face-offs uh, if you're going on your strong side. So that's a really encouraging uh, ability uh, for the strategy of Bruce Cassidy. And then you've got these centers and uh, Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh and William Carlson down the middle, which helps uh, spread out the ice time. You, you don't want to tax uh, somebody like William Carlson uh, too much. Uh, he hasn't played in a month. I remember he played uh, in the Winter Classic and hasn't mm-hmm. uh, hasn't skated uh, in a National Hockey League game since then. So you'd love to be able to uh, lean back a, a little bit and be able to uh, just uh, uh, gradually insert him back to those important minutes. Now, once the game starts tonight, uh, it's easy to get uh, really involved in in the moment and and this game, which uh, I think both coaches uh, will be involved in. Like This... uh, this is uh, an opportunity for Bruce Cassidy and, and Chris Knobloch to, to get to know each other a little bit uh, as well. Uh, some of the tendencies uh, that they've uh, uh, been able to watch on video and be able to dial up uh, a second go around uh, between these uh, these two head coaches. Uh, Knobloch doesn't have a, a lot of history in the National Hockey League, so Bruce Cassidy uh, will be interested to see some tendencies uh, firsthand uh, from the other bench. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, obviously the first time that the the Golden Knights and and the Edmonton Oilers faced off early this season, uh, Knobloch was relatively new. Bruce Mm -hmm. even kind of mentioned at the time, right, that you're not really sure how much uh, you're going to be able to implement. But right now, it's certainly going to be a different animal in that regard in that you're going to get to see how Chris Knobloch kind of approaches things. And you might get different phases in the game, right? Like if the Edmonton Oilers are down, what are the tendencies in that situation? Or, uh, you know, just any type of information, any type of data points that that Bruce Cassidy might be able to exploit later on, uh, you're going to get a real opportunity to see that in this game tonight. I don't know where Edmonton goes uh, when it comes to uh, loading up or not. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, when you, when you look at combinations uh, that, that the Golden Knights have put forward this year, they they have five different groupings that have played over a hundred minutes. Now mm-hmm. the average, like if you're if you're together a lot, you're pushing three hundred minutes uh, together uh, as a line. Uh, Vegas has has five at over a hundred. The Edmonton Oilers have two. Uh, so they do a lot of mixing and matching five-on-five five with their different groups. Uh, and, and those two uh, both involve Connor McDavid. One is with Leon Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. and one is without Leon Dreisaitl. Now it's far heavier uh, slanted towards the one uh, with them apart uh, right now, which is the major change from uh, a year ago. But beyond that... Uh, Knobloch does a lot of uh, rearranging. Like he, they certainly don't roll a traditional three to four lines, mm-hmm. uh, which we're aware of. But the the analytics uh, take it even deeper, that uh, and, and prove that point that uh, that people aren't out there just to fill time. But you you it goes beyond that. But you don't have your your traditional. Okay, you're the third line. You're the fourth line, and we're going to go like that. Knobloch uh, does mix it up, and uh, and that's become one of the the tendencies that has stood out since he took over this hockey club. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how that impacts the game tonight. Now, obviously, uh, the the drivers for the Edmonton Oilers are the drivers for the Edmonton Oilers. Like you know 
what you're getting out of out of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and Zach Hyman and you know to a degree Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But you know, for me, from from a, a depth perspective, I'm I'm kind of interested to see where that secondary push comes from for Edmonton because you know that's been uh, one of those one of those major storylines for them in the postseason is outside of McDavid and Dreisaitl who's going to be able to get it done for them uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not that secondary or tertiary scoring shows up tonight against the, the Golden Knights well Zach Hyman's having an off the charts year He's yeah, already fantastic. hit 30 goals. Yeah. Uh, leads their team in, in goal production. Uh, he's a long way off points, but uh, he's putting the puck in the net every which way. And he's a guy that will put them in off his thigh. He'll put them off his knee. He'll put them <laughs> off his stick. He's got that skill. Uh, he scored a goal the other night uh, before the break. It didn't end up counting in mm-hmm. the game, but it was one of the uh, most uh, perfect, accurate, sharp angle shots yeah. that you're going to see in, in the national. It was actually... Uh, Disappointing that it didn't count because people had to force it into to all the highlights. And yeah. uh, Nuge is is a guy that uh, the the beat just goes on. So the McDavid Hyman Nugent Hopkins uh, line uh, is is one that uh, that you do have to take notice of. And then uh, Drysaddle and uh, Warren Fogle, who I I swear. I've seen every goal Warren Fogle scored in the last three <laughs> years, because every time I watch mm-hmm. the the a game live, he yeah. seems to score. And then yeah. I look down and go, uh, does he have twenty five? <laughs> no, well, Warren Fogle's uh, only got eight. Well, mm-hmm. now he's got ten. But yeah. I'm like, how does that happen? Uh, Travis Sanheim is the, is the same way with the with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, it's like he he just scores these unbelievable goals, and you go. That's crazy. I've seen him score that do that twice in the last two months. What's he up to now? Twenty five? No, three. Uh, as a defenseman, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But uh, but Fogel does uh, does a nice job, and and Ryan McLeod has also uh, fit in really well there in being able to give them uh, some depth. So uh, that uh, that depth that they've been able to lean on a little bit more this year is countered by. Uh, arguably the deepest team in in the National Hockey League in in the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, again, uh, continue to build it up, continue to hype it up. Uh, uh, this is not uh, one that uh, that you have to uh, lean on uh, the 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 noise machine and uh, be able to uh, create artificial uh, hyperbole uh, around. It's Edmonton and it's Vegas, and uh, it's not a Stanley Cup Final preview, but it could be uh, a, a matchup that uh, that both these teams are looking at as they're going to have to. Uh, be able to get by if they're going to reach the ultimate goal. Vegas defending the Stanley Cup championship and Edmonton trying to get back there for the first time in the Connor McDavid era. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, when we continue, we'll bring you one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But before we go, we've got a set of tickets to give away to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the Carolina Hurricanes, who are on the ice tonight hosting the Vancouver Canucks. Wouldn't it be nice if they did uh, everybody a favor, both Edmonton and Vegas, <laughs> and uh, were able to, uh, to get past the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, that game coming up on the 17th. Uh, give me a caller number and uh, and the number. All right, we'll go caller number nine. Caller number nine, 702-876-1340. You're a winner. Call now, and uh, when we come back, uh, news and notes, uh, one-timers from around the National Hockey League of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. 
Take a look at what's happening in and around the National Hockey League tonight uh, on the out-of-town scoreboard. Eight games in the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers will have the spotlight all to themselves. Everything is early, and then we turn it over to this uh, grudge match, this rivalry between the Oilers and the Golden Knights, which is exactly the way it should be. Calgary Flames have an early 2-0 advantage over the Boston Bruins, so we'll see where Calgary goes, uh, whether or not they will continue the sell-off after the training of Lindholm. Elias and Elias, uh, that's going to be a tough one with uh, <laughs> with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, with Pedersen and Lindholm uh, coming forward. Dallas Stars have an advantage over the Buffalo Sabres, uh, 2-1 there. Vancouver who uh, Vegas and Edmonton and Los Angeles, everybody's wondering whether or not they will hit any type of uh, slowdown. Well, not so far as they lead the Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. 2-1 late in the second period, and Lindholm has scored his first goal. So the trade is already uh, paying off as uh, Lindholm has a pair for yep. the uh, Vancouver Canucks early on in that game. Uh, so, I, that, that's a good trade. It's a rental. It's a rental trade. I, and yeah. I, do, I don't mind that at all. And I know Jimmy Rutherford's not technically the general manager, and that's disrespectful to Patrick Alvin. But uh, but it does follow suit making that trade now, uh, a month and change out from the National Hockey League trade deadline, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is a pretty savvy move for a team that does need some more depth and ability to play the 200-foot game when it gets intense. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great trade. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for Vancouver, a team that has an opportunity to do something. Uh, you want to give yourself the best opportunity. You, you know, we talked about it yesterday, and Elias Lindholm has had a rough go when it comes to his shooting percentage. Uh, but he's yeah. got two goals already. Um, and the first one, Elias Lindholm from Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. So, boy, oh, boy, the, the post-game shows, the intermission reports, uh, that's going to be fun uh, for Vancouver. But uh, not to be outdone, even though he has been, Andre Kuzmenko does have a goal in his debut with the Calgary Flames. So, when it comes to Lindholm, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he had the lowest shooting percentage among qualified shooters. Yeah. Uh, outside of Alexander Ovechkin, and we know that uh, he's had uh, the worst season of his career. <laughs> the the lowest shooting percentage in the NHL among qualified shooters, and he goes in and instantly he's yep. got that vibe with the Vancouver Canucks, who are are just uh, an um, anomaly right now. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with what they've been able to do as far as putting the puck in the net. Uh, Pittsburgh has an advantage over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Pittsburgh will be very interesting to watch here, uh, whether or not they can get themselves back into things uh, in that Eastern Conference. Uh, New Jersey and Pittsburgh, uh, two teams that, uh, that the Heat's on right now. Uh, Devils uh, tied with the Avalanche at one and part of uh, eight games in the National Hockey League. Nothing out of uh, Nathan McKinnon as far as goals so far as we just absorb what happened last night in a losing cause against the New York Rangers. What Nathan McKinnon did last night on the floor of MSG was as close to a video game as I've seen in the <laughs> NHL. And to, to talk it up to the point where you're saying, I've never seen anything like that, and uh, it, it's along that line. But 
just enjoy what this guy is able to do. He made a move at the blue line that I think was partly out of self-preservation because he was going so fast, he was going to run into the defender, but uh, made the move, and he was going so fast, Jonathan Quick had no idea what he was going to do. It didn't look like a good goal on Quick, but everything up to it was uh, one of those plays where you go, there's no way that that's physically possible. Um, yeah, unless you're like one of the three or four best players in the league, and and that's what Nathan McKinnon is, right? Like he has had a phenomenal year, and when he picks up the puck with a head of steam, it's almost impossible to shut him down. And in much the same way we talk about Connor McDavid, and you know, as as much as this is a goal about finesse and, and ability, um, it also shows you the brute force and power of Nathan McKinnon. He's one of my favorite players to watch because he marries all of those different skill sets together. There's power, there's force, there's finesse, and there's finish, and, and he's got all of them. There's a great article on NHL.com from my pal Dan Rosen, and uh, he got some, some quotes from different... This was before the goal last night. This is from All-Star Weekend. And Jake, Jake Ottinger was quoted as saying it best, called it terrifying facing somebody like uh, uh, McKinnon. And then you've got Connor McDavid, describing McKinnon as a special player. Uh, Sidney Crosby saying he makes the game look easy, but it's not. And Rick Tockett uh, marvels at him. And Rick Tockett uh, played with a pretty good uh, couple of players uh, through the course of his career in, uh, in Wayne and uh, Mary Lemieux. So uh, that's uh, that's high praise uh, about a player that, uh, that seems or it feels like has taken a bit of a, a, a step ahead of Nikita Kucherov when it comes to the National Hockey League's uh, battle for regular season MVP. Yeah, I mean, right now, it it certainly does feel like it's Nathan McKinnon's to lose, right? And obviously, if you get a a strong push here from Connor McDavid, that kind of changes things to a degree. But uh, this has been the year of Nathan McKinnon, and and really, um, he should be the front runner. He should be the guy that's kind of standing above the rest. He's been phenomenal all season long. Los Angeles Kings have made a change at head coach during the break, and they've altered their coaching staff again, as DJ Smith has been added to the staff that will be led by Jim Hiller uh, for the rest of this season. Hiller uh, assuming the interim role with the dismissal of Todd McClellan. DJ Smith was the head coach of the Ottawa Senators until his uh, replacing uh, midway through this season by Jacques Martin. So DJ Smith is back in the league in the same season that he was fired. That that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting. Hiller and DJ do have a relationship. They were both uh, on the uh, the staff in Toronto a few years ago, so there is a relationship there. But uh, I think that's a really good, solid hire uh, because they had an opening uh, because uh, Hiller was elevated from his assistant coaching role, and uh, and that's that's going to add uh, add some expertise there. I hear from from coaches in and around the league uh, some really good things regarding DJ Smith's ability to uh, to handle a bench and uh, and strategically uh, tactically. Yeah, I, I think you know obviously it's it's a good opportunity for DJ Smith to just kind of get right back out there. Obviously, it did it didn't work out in Ottawa for you know a multitude of reasons, but. Uh, the ability to kind of come in and, you know, I, you hear nothing but good things about DJ and, and, you know, players love him. So in that regard, I, I think 
for LA, they need a, a little bit of a, of a change and maybe a little bit more fun around the rink. And hopefully that's something DJ Smith can provide. Just got a text from uh, somebody unnamed. Wondering oh what's with the guitar solo in the background. That person obviously hasn't listened to one timers <laughs> a lot because it's been there for three years. Is that is that person telling you that it's too loud? Because I've I've heard that complaint a couple of times. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe it is too loud. That it like it drowns us out a little bit. Did you hear what just happened there? Yeah, it went down. Just yeah, dropped well, off. Lowered the volume on it. It's it's not loud. I mean, when I I at least on the board the levels are fine. So okay, what are they when I talk? What are the levels doing when I talk? Well, they're they're higher than the music. How much higher? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. The board is small. I can't give you like a. a the board is small. Well, the little screen <laughs> on the board that shows me your levels, oh, I can't. Man. I can't tell you. I like. I it's tiny. So, so you're you're using. We're, we're talking like, millimeters. You're going at this by feel, basically. Well, no, I'm I'm looking at the levels. Your levels are a lot higher than the music. There's no like. There's no like, like, decibel meter outputs or anything well, like that. No, it's just a, it's just what a bar. No, it's a bar. Every, that goes every up and board down. has that little that little are level there? that bounces around. No, it's a bar that goes up and down. There and there are no numbers with that bar. Yeah, but they don't change. They don't change. No, the numbers don't change. So how do you tell whether the levels are right or not? Well, I have to look at look at the levels on the the board, the the little bar that jumps up and down. That's what we're asking you to do. But you yeah. said they were too small. Well, no, I. No, I'm, it's too small for me to tell you how much bigger it is than... I mean, we're talking the, the, the little screen is millimeters in size. <laughs> you know what? I was about to carve the person that sent me the text yeah. wondering about the guitar solo in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let them off the hook on this one. I think they might be on to something well, well, based listen, on our, when, our operator. When you come back in studio next, whenever that is, I'll I'll show you. <laughs> you can but see. I'm thinking I'm thinking the operator should be able to have a pretty good. I do have angle a good angle. Levels. I can see. I'm looking. Your levels are higher than the music. But you All right, can't hold tell on. me how much higher. Well, hold because on. it's it's. I'm gonna put a poll. I'm gonna put a poll out there. On uh, on X right now at Ryan Hockey Guy, asking if we are always drowned out by the guitar solo for one timers. Yeah, do that. Yep. That's where my confusion is. Is you can see levels, but you can't tell the difference in the levels. Well, because there's no numbers, Darren. It's just a little bar that bounces up and down. The numbers don't change on the board. But shouldn't the 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 thing that bounces around change? Yeah, and when you talk, you are a lot higher than the music that is playing at a constant state. Can you can you give us like an indication of like what a lot higher is? Well, you guys touch the orange. The music is not in the orange. Where's the music at? It's still in the green. Okay. So our, my 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 little bars are green and orange. And orange is when they're peaking. I mean, I've got Darren potted up pretty high on the what, board. What's between orange and green? There is no between orange and green. <laughs> so it goes from green to orange. It goes from green saying. to orange, yes. Okay, got it. So they're connected? Yes, yes. It's a it's a Well, it's a continuum. Yes. And and orange would be like you guys are peaking. Secondary text just came in. Yep. We're definitely drowned out by the guitar solo. Oh boy nonsense 
Oh, what do you mean, and, what do you mean and, nonsense? That, that's the board. That's the board then. I was just that's informed, a problem with the board. I, I was just informed that you don't need a poll for this. <laughs> I will I will I will talk uh. to to listen, now that we you know we've made some oh, changes. Not and, great, and, not great, not great. Oh. Early returns. Seventy one percent of the people that voted have said that the background music during one timers is too loud. The problem is I can't turn you guys up any higher, and I can't well, turn that down. You can't down. turn that down anymore. I mean, if I turn it down more, it's basically gone. See? Well, well, right. But maybe then people could hear us. Yeah, but the whole point is, don't you want music underneath you? Well, well, not to the I think. I think of more us. than I think well, more than anything, we want people to be able to hear us. I can hear you guys fine. <laughs> oh, Chapman, you're one of a kind. Honestly. Like, Ryan and I don't see eye to eye on a certain amount of things. Yeah. But when it comes to Chapman, we are <laughs> never more united. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. <sighs> Ashley Weiss is about to do our uh, pregame show on Vegas 34. <laughs> She's getting ready. She just looked over at me and said, is this live? It's always live, yeah. It's the best way to do it. And sadly, I had to say, yes, it is. That's not sad. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's oh. People enjoy the banter. I'm not sure you're supposed to work through this live on the air, but but thank you to the two people that uh, that sent the text. You've, uh, you've drawn our attention to something that I didn't know there was a problem. So, the Hackman and JS, both, uh, both uh, sending those texts in. It's not... It's not John Shannon. You're off the hook on that one. If it was John Shannon, you would get an earful, <laughs> Chapman. Off the hook until Thursday. Yeah, yeah, until yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Wait uh, wait for that one. Uh, those are your one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League for this Tuesday, February 9th, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So we've kind of been talking about it a bit about the Edmonton Oilers, this quest to maybe make history. They win tonight, obviously 17 straight wins, go for 18 straight if they win, should be an NHL record. However, there are some other really impressive win streaks in sports that they would probably have to go a little bit further to maybe equal the incredible feats that were com- or accomplished. Start with Byron Nelson who won 11 consecutive PGA tournaments, this going back to the 1940s. Uh, Really, obviously really difficult to win two in a row in golf, let alone 11. By the way, Tiger Woods won seven. One of the more impressive feats is Cale Sanderson, and you being an Olympic guy, maybe you have heard of Cale Sanderson, won 159 straight matches in wrestling back in college from the late 90s, early 2000s, went 100 and 59-0 and in his college career. Won a gold medal in freestyle wrestling in the 2004 Olympics. Uh, and maybe the most impressive comes from a guy that I had never heard of until I looked it up. Jahangir Khan. He was a squash player in the 1980s. Won 555 straight matches. I don't care what sport you're playing. You win 555 matches in a row. That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, Edmonton, they got a long way to go before they catch Jahinger Khan. I won 225 
consecutive Nerf hoop games against my brother growing up. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately for you, nobody really. I fouled out on the 226th. <laughs> well, we got a, we got into a fight, and mom sent us to our respective corners. See, see that music sounded loud again. Yeah, I don't know why it's it's not loud on the board. Like it it's not very high up. It's not potted high up. It shouldn't be loud. I wonder how long it's been that way. Maybe since we got the new board. Well, we've had the new board. Is this for a loud? While. Yeah, but it's the first time we've gotten complaints about it, right? It sounds loud. Is this loud? It sounds loud. How about That's that? Better. Can you hear it? Yeah. Okay. It's it's weird because it's it's still now this board error or operator error. Well, it's the 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 weird thing is it's still showing at the same exact level on the board. It's a, so you potted it down and it's still showing the same exact level. Yep. So you're saying it's the board. I'm blaming the board. Yeah. So it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's showing at the same exact level whether I turn it up, same level. Seriously. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> We probably would have went years without without that. knowing, yeah, without JS sending that text, <laughs> and then the Hackman jumping in. Hey, everybody, enjoy the game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we'll be on the TV side at six thirty. The pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas starts now.